have a late start. It's 45 minutes ago. I just left to give me. That's the deal, right? Good to go. So today we're going to try to explain a custom and convention that is found in virtually every Jewish community and actually doesn't seem to make that much sense. And it doesn't seem to jibe with, with, the, with even the halacha or, or the necessity. And I'm talking about those, those Purim party packages. Long before cellophane was invented, people were prettying these baskets. What did they do that for? What's up with the pretty baskets? There's no other mitzvah really like this. We put all kinds of frills. And this is found in every single Jewish community all over the world. You see, if you want to talk about this mitzvah in very, very simple terms, and I suppose we should boil things down to a simple essence, the mitzvah is that every person should send, on the day of Purim, two foodstuffs to another person. Simple as that. Two foodstuffs. An apple and an orange, that works. A piece of cake, a bottle of wine, that works. Two foodstuffs. Oh, nobody just does two foodstuffs. <laughs> it's like two, three, five, fifty foodstuffs, big baskets, small baskets. It's since antiquity, all over the place. Sephardim, Ashkenazim, and everybody in between. Where did this come from? Why has that become the Minha Yisrael, the convention, or the custom amongst the Jewish people? Now, without a question, it has to be Torahi. It has to be some kind of holy intention. There's got to be something connected to Mishloach Manot. That will be the purpose of today's class. And in doing so, we're going to delve into the halachic background and the jurisprudence, the meaning and philosophy of this mitzvah. And when you'll understand the background and the profundity and depth, I believe it will make perfect sense to you. So let us move away from that question, that's our opening question. We'll come back to this in the end, in 44 minutes. But in the meantime, Mishloach Manot, two foodstuffs to one fellow Jew. Many questions that come up along this, uh, this mitzvah. If you send foodstuffs to a person and he refuses them, do you still fulfill the mitzvah? That's a real question. There's a machloikas, there's a dispute between the Prichadosh and the Ramah. If you send them before Purim, but they arrived on Purim, do you still get the mitzvah? If you send them on Purim, but they don't get to the person after Purim, do you still get the mitzvah? These are many interesting questions, which we've dealt with in previous lectures. I'm not going to answer all these questions today. I'm just pointing out to you that this is a, a, an interesting mitzvah that has many, many fascinating legal facets, all kinds of like halachic surfaces to it. It's supposed to be two foodstuffs. What happens if you, you have schnitzel? Does, does the covering of the chicken count? <laughs> Could you call that three? Is it chicken, breadcrumbs, and eggs? Believe it or not, these questions are asked. So the first thing that I want to draw your attention to is the fact that this is a mitzvah. It's a mitzvah. It's a, it's a pasuk in the Megillah. The pasuk, the verse in the Megillah is found in the ninth chapter. In the 22nd verse, the Megillah reads as follows. 
Kayomim Ashenochu Behem HaYehudim, like the days that the Jewish people rested Me'oyveim from their enemies. Vahachidesh Ashenepach Lahem Me'yogin L'Simcha, this month in which everything became transformed from mourning into rejoicing. Me'evelayamtav, from a time of sadness into a time of, from, into a time of a holiday. Lasais Oysam Yemei Mishtev Simcha, that we should make these days days of feasting and joy. Umishloach Manot, a day of sending foodstuffs or packages to each other, one person to his companion, and gifts to the poor. That's what the Pasuk says. That's what the verse says. Now, if this is a verse in the Megillah. We would have to presume that the Mishnah will talk about this, right? You'll be very surprised to find out that the Mishnah never mentions a single word about the concept of Mishloach Manot. Not once in the entire Mishnah is it mentioned. What is mentioned is that the Mishnayot that speak about this, this, uh, this mitzvah, the Mishnayot that, that speak about it, they, they talk about the difference between the first Adar and the second Adar, and the Mishnah finishes off by telling us, Ein bein adarishon sheni. there's no difference between the first Adar and the second Adar, with the exception that in the first Adar we read the Megillah. We don't read the Megillah, pardon me. On the second Adar we do read the Megillah. On the first Adar we do not give gifts to the poor, but in the second Adar, meaning when we celebrate Purim, we do give gifts to the poor. Now the Mishnah seems to indicate that the days of rejoicing and happiness should be equal in both the first and the second months of Adar, which is in fact not the case. In Shulchan Aruch it says you should be a little happier. Add something to your meal. But really, you know, Purim cotton is pretty small. It's, it's, not, it's not a cause for tr- tremendous rejoicing, but that's what the Mishnah says. And the amazing thing is that the Mishnah speaks about Kriyatam Megillah, which a large part of this tractate, Masechet Megillah, is about. But on page 6, side B, where we have this Mishnah, it talks about Matanot Le'Evyonim, that's mentioned in the Mishnah, and there's no mention of Mishloch Manot at all. So, you turn to the Gemara on the next page, and on the very bottom of page 7, the Gemara begins to analyze this business of the Mishloch Manot. How so? The Gemara says, In the Mishnah we read about gifts to the poor. Now in the Megillah it says, Mishloch Manot umatanot But the, Mish- the Mishnah very conveniently simply skipped over Mishloch Manot, doesn't mention it. But the Gemara starts to elaborate the Mishnah, it says, Matanot Levyonim, Toni, Rav Yosef, we learned in the name of Rav Yosef that Mishloach Manot that this business, that which is spoken of in the Megillah of sending gifts to your companion, Shnei Manot two foodstuffs to one person. This is the first time we have a legal definition. Nowhere in the Mishnah, only in the Gemara, do we have this definition. Umatanot what is gifts to the poor? Shnei Matanot Adam. Two gifts to two people. So Mishloach Manot is Ish L'Reyeyu. Mishloach Manot is Manot is plural. A mana is a portion. Mishloach Manot are two portions. Ish L'Reyeyu, literally a man to his companion. Although we know it's man to, his, man to man, woman to woman. But the point is one person to the other. It doesn't say Anashim Anashim. It doesn't say Ish L'Reyehem, Anashim L'Reyehem. It says Ish L'Reyeyu. So it's two gifts of food, two kinds of food to one person. Matanot le'evyonim is plural. Gifts to poor people. Not evyon, evyonim. 
And then the Gemara goes on to say, Rabbi Yehuda Nasiya, the great-grandson of Rabbi Yehuda Nasiya, is called Rabbi Yehuda Nasiya, leader of the Jewish people in a later age. Shodarle l'Ravishaya, he sent to Ravishaya on Purim, Atma de saw. he sent him a, a, a side of meat, a choice side of meat. The discussion what means saw, whether it's the, the third calf or the third animal that was born, or whether it means that it was, uh, so to speak, the... Um, developed it had already developed a thir- third of its age so it already the meat was tasty but at, at any rate the, the point is he sent him a tasty piece of meat and he sent him garba the chamra he sent him a jug of wine so Rabbi Sheya responds to Rabbi Yehuda Nasiya and he says to him he says to him kiyamta banu rabbeinu you fulfilled with us umeshloach manot ishlareyeyu you fulfilled with us the mitzvah of there's another version of the Gemara. He says you did both mitzvahs because we actually were poor. <laughs> we didn't even have food. And therefore you sent us Mishloch Manot and you got the gifts to the poor as well. That's basically, as far as the halacha is concerned, that's what we get about Mishloch Manot. There's no further elaboration in the Gemara. I find it very strange. Why isn't there a mission about this? Why isn't there a discussion about this? The Gemara goes on to discuss about different things that different people sent. And, and one one's a sage, one scholar sent like a bag of dates, and he sent him back. What is this, like, you know, like a pauper becomes a king and he still sends gifts like a pauper? Why aren't you sending an appropriate gift? <laughs> that, that's like the discussion in the Gemara that unfolds. Now, what's even stranger is, when we move forward into the halacha, and here I'm going to share with you the words of Maimonides, of the Rambam. So the Rambam in Hilchus Megillah, in chapter 2, in verse, in, in the halacha 15, he speaks about the Sa'uda. He speaks about the feast. And he says, first he says in Halachi Yadalad that these days are, are uh, were ordained to be days of joy. Simcha o mishta o mishloach manot o matanot levyonim, which is basically verbatim, a, a, quote, a quote of the verse of the, of the Megillah. And then he goes on to talk about whether you are allowed to do work, not allowed to do work. And he says either way, both days, Shushan Purim and regular Purim, have to have the Simcha and the Mishta are only performed on the 14th, unless of course... You live in, in Yerushalayim where they do Shushan Purim. Then we, d- we have no clue what Matanot Le'avyonim Rambam didn't tell us yet. Halacha 15 it says, Ketzad Chovat So tell me about this meal. What should the meal look like? Should we serve latkes, cheesecake? What should we have? Blintzes, matzah? What, what are you supposed to do at a Purim meal? So I'm just, I'll, I'll tell you what you should do. She, first of all he says, starts off with saying, It should be a meat meal, not a dairy meal. He says, Yitak and Sudana, it should be a nice meal. Well, that's relative. What's a nice meal? So he says, Kifiyashatim Tziyadeh, according to your, the way you would understand nice to be. Whoever you are, depending on the variables and the circumstances, a nice meal. And he says, Vishota Yayin, you should drink wine at this meal. until you become intoxicated, Vyerodeim Bishikrusay, until you basically hit the table. That's what he says. So now he told us, how we should celebrate Purim. You would think the halacha would end over here. And there'll be a new halacha that will tell us about Mishloach Manot. No. Same halacha. Continuation. V'chein. Chai of Adam l'shloach shnei manot basar or shnei mini tafshel. A person is obligated to send two kinds of meat which the Aruch HaShulchan and the Eish Lavram explain obviously can't be the same piece of meat cut in half. That's not two kinds of meat. You know, two cuts of meat. Two different kinds of meat. Or shnei tafshil tafshil, or two different things that are cooked, or shnei mini or two two foodstuffs. Lechaveru, how do you know this? 
Shenemer or Meshloch Manot Ishlereyehu. One get two gifts, two kinds to one person. Shtei Manot Leishachad. And then he says, But that doesn't mean you have to send only one person. The more you do it, that's praiseworthy. That's a beautiful thing. Mainlo, person doesn't have. Doesn't have. He could afford, he could afford a meal. That's all he could afford. So he says, Then in that case, take your meal and give it to your companion. And let your companion give him his meal. And that way, first you do the mitzvah of Mishloch Manot. And then you'll do the mitzvah of Sudat Purim. Incidentally, the Gemara says the exact same. This is from the Gemara, straight out of the Gemara. New halacha. A new halacha speaks about giving to the poor. You're obligated to give gifts to the poor. And then a whole halacha giving gifts to the poor. I'm asking a simple question. Why did Mishloch Manon not deserve to have a, a paragraph on its own? This is a different halacha. Ramam divides his chapters into sub, subsections. Why is it that this business of giving gifts to a fellow, two foodstuffs, is subsumed into the halacha that describes the details of the meal. And if that's not strange enough, when we take a look in the Shulchan Aruch, the Shulchan Aruch has chapters for whatever you want. It's, all divided, it's a system divided up into chapters. And there are plenty of chapters in the Shulchan Aruch that have one halacha in it. Chapter number 695. Tafresh Tzadikei, what is this chapter about? The Machaber writes, every chapter gives you a heading. Because this is what the chapter is about. He says, this is Dine Su'udat Purim. This is the rules of Purim. Uboi Dalat Sifim. And there will be four sections in this chapter. Now, I didn't read to you what it says in this chapter. What's the chapter going to talk about? Purim Festive Meal. Purim Festive Meal. Halacha 1, Su'udat Purim. You make it at night, no good. Halacha 2, you got to drink at this meal. So much so, here using the verbiage of the Gemara, that you don't know what's up and down. You mix up uh, Haman and, and Mordechai. Halacha 3, we're talking about Berchat HaMazon. If your meal goes into the night, you say Allah Nisan. Three halachot that deal with the, me- the meal, the feast. Halacha 4, Chayev Lishloch Lechaver Oshnei Manot Basar Oshnei Achalin. You have to send your friend two kinds, two different cuts of meat. Or two different kinds of food, because it says, um, Excuse me, is there a reason that this is part of the chapter that talks about the meal? <laughs> is there a reason that a mitzvah didn't deserve a chapter by itself? It's, it's actually a separate mitzvah. There are four mitzvahs on Purim. There's Mikra Megillah, hear the Megillah twice at night and by day, a mitzvah of giving gifts to the poor, a mitzvah of giving two foodstuffs to a fellow, and a mitzvah of a meal. In the chapter before this one, it's a mitzvah called Din Ma'ot Purim, the rules of the, the, the money of Purim. There's a special chapter called Seder Tfilat Purim, the, the rules of the, 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 the prayers of Purim. So we get special chapters for everything, and we get num- numerous chapters for the Megillah, but for some reason the Mechaber all of a sudden ran out of ink, and he had to sneak the business of Meshloch Manot into a chapter that speaks about Su'udat Purim. I, f- I find this very strange. I find it even strange that nobody even asks this question. <laughs> nobody even asks, like, hello? What is going on over here? It's not in the Mishnah. It's like tucked into the Gemara, like tucked in. Rambam couldn't make it a halacha by itself. And the Shulchan doesn't even give it its own chapter. Sure, it's a mitzvah? 
hundred percent sure it's a mitzvah. We know there's four mitzvahs on Purim. What's going on over here? It's, it's something seems strange here, right? So the question then we have to ask ourselves is, what is this, what is this mitzvah about? Maybe when we'll understand what this mitzvah is about, maybe then we'll have a better appreciation of, of, of what's going on here. So let me take you on a little journey through some of the, the different commentaries and see how they describe this mitzvah. The Trumas Hadeshen, this is a, shay, a, a, a sefer of Chuvas, Shiles of Chuvas, from the Rishonim, very early sefer. And the question that he received is, people wanted to know, do I have to give a piece of cake and an orange? Can I give a new piece of, uh, a, new, a new, new article of clothing? Can I send somebody a book? Silk flowers? I, I don't know. Could I send somebody something that actually has value tomorrow? Or does it have to be something that's going to expire if you don't eat it today? Can it be like a gift? This is the question he got. People wanted to send clothing, textiles. So he says, Trumas Adeshan says, sorry, it seems very clear to me that you will not fulfill the mitzvah in doing that. He says, because the reason of Mishloach Manot is, Kedei, in order, The reason that we have this mitzvah of sending gifts of food is to make sure that every Jew can actually have a su'udat purim. And since every Jew should have a su'udat purim, we better send everybody food. And he says, that's why we have the story in the Gemara of Mitchalf and Sudasayu, where they were exchanging meals. I took your meal, you took my meal. And he says, and that's why Mishloach Manot, from this we could see, that Taima Mishum Saudihi. The reason for Mishloach Manot is because of having the meal on Purim. That's what it's about. And he says, this can also be proven from the fact that it's called Manot. Manot is an unusual Hebrew word. Manot in Hebrew can only refer to food or drink. It's a portion. A portion of food or drink. That's what it can refer to. And we see this because there's even a scriptural reference that speaks about offerings and it speaks about the manna. It speaks about giving a portion of the meat of the korban. And so, he says, even look in the Rambam and you'll see the Rambam talks about the meal and the Rambam then says that you have to send two kinds of meat or two different things that are cooked or two other kinds of food. So he says clearly it can be food or drink and we see it in the Gemara also. And it, since it says manot, that means specifically portions of food. When it comes to the poor, it says maot, matanot, gifts. It doesn't say you want to give money, give money. You want to give food, you give food. It says matanot le'evyonim. So is, is, is mana... Uh, a mana is a portion. Manot is multiple portions. Okay. okay? So the Turmas Adeshan seems very clear that we're speaking here by the concept of food. Okay. Furthermore, if you look a little further, the Tzofnas Paneach, now we're going, we're fast forwarding to the, the 20th century, the greatest mind of the 20th century, the Rogachov Goen. He speaks about, about the, the Rambam and the Sefer Tzofnes Paneach. And he says, he speaks about how much do you have to give. So usually when it comes to food stuff in Halacha, we have something called a Kezayat. Right? There's, there's a modicum, it's an ounce. It's got to be an ounce of food. 
Sometimes when it's Yom Kippur, we don't talk about an ounce, we talk about a Kesevus Agasa, which is a slightly larger amount because this is a certain amount of food that stills a person's hunger. But what we call a serving. But is that the case here? And the Raghat Shavagorim proves that we do not speak here about a serving, a Kezayat. But rather, we speak about a portion which is impressive, an impressive portion. And he says here it's about value. Here it's not about volume. And he proves it in detail. And he says furthermore, he says, if you send food to the poor person, but the poor person doesn't get to eat the food on Purim or can't eat it, you would not fulfill your mitzvah. And he says, that's the opinion of the Rambam. In other words, the concept of Mishloach Manot is even if it's very expensive food, if it requires tremendous effort and it's going to need 24 hours in an oven and you can only eat it tomorrow, you don't fulfill the mitzvah of Mishloach Manot. It has to be edible now. Why? So people should actually be able to enjoy it. So he seems to understand very clearly that the Rambam's talking about the concept of food. It's about the suda. Conversely, we have the, rish, the, the Ritva, another great Rishon, who speaks about Mishloach Manot, and he uses different verbiage. He says that the important thing here is that the person who gets it is supposed to be impressed with it. What's Mishloach Manot for one person will not necessarily be Mishloach Manot for somebody else. The Ritva. I can't be like a schnorr. I've got to send out something You nice. have to send something nice. <laughs> you can't be a schnorr, Alan. And he says, the idea of Mishloach Manot Ishlariyehu is, it should be Tshura Hara It should be a gift for you. Appropriate gift. People say, wow, that's nice. Look what they sent me. But if you send somebody a cookie, they say, look what they sent me. A cookie. <laughs> really? <laughs> is, is, that, is that a mishloach manot? Is that what I'm getting? A candy. A little M&M. A small little piece of chocolate. Is that going to work? Ritva says, no, no, no. It has to be a chura. Now he says, of course, if it's going to be matanot le'avionim, it would seem to it has to be a pruta. It has to be a gift worthy of some modicum amount of money. But he says that it's about giving a certain amount that is appropriate. I feel I got a gift. And then the Ritva in Mesechet Bava Metziah, which also has a little bit of a sugya about Purim, he says that the concept of, the, of the, 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 the gifts that are given on Purim is not about providing for somebody who doesn't have. It's not charity. This is not for charity cases. He says, Matanot Levyonim is for charity cases. But he says, Mishloach Manot Ishlariyehu, is all about the concept of af ba'ashirim. It's also by wealthy people. So he says, so what is it about? He said, the concept is that this day should come. He says, ein yom zeh midin tzedakah. The business here is not about tzedakah, elo midin, rather it comes from the halacha of simcha umanot. Simcha means joy. Manot means portions, meaning exchanging gifts. Exchanging gifts is not about providing for somebody who doesn't have food. The Ritva says exchanging gifts is about creating or nurturing or currying and developing simcha, good feelings amongst people. When people give each other gifts, they feel good about it. It's a, na- a way to feel nice. And he says the proof is that you can fulfill the mitzvah of Mishloach Manot by giving to somebody who's extremely wealthy and has no need per se. Everybody likes a gift. Rich people like gifts too. 
rich people, poor people. Everybody likes a nice gift, but obviously the gift has to be a gift, which is not a slap in the face. So if you give a person who has nothing, a little sandwich bag with a cookie and an apple, he'll be very happy. In the summer, I carry like granola bars in my car. Stop, there's, there's homeless people in Nebuch. Ask for money, give them a granola bar. They're very happy. And when they're not, I know they're not just looking for, for food. <laughs> you give them a banana, he's very happy. You go over to a person who's a well-coiffed, a well-settled uh, individual, Baruch Hashem, he's got a house full of food, and you say, happy Purim, here's a banana. Oh, and a cookie. He says, do me a favor. Like, I don't have any room in my pocket for bananas and cookies. It's not a gift. They come over, bring him a nice gift. He says, oh, shukrech, thank you so much. That's a beautiful mishloach manot. The Ritva says, this is about simcha. This is about joy. That's what the Mishloch Manot is about. So we see here that he says, and he says further, he says, our rabbis tell us that when it comes to the concept of tzedakah, if a non-Jew is in need, we should help him also. But when it comes to Mishloch Manot, this is not a mitzvah for anybody who's not Jewish. This is a unique mitzvah for Jewish people. So tzedakah is a, person, is a thing to do with all human beings. Mishloch Manot is unique for our fellow Jews and unique for Purim. The Manus HaLevi, an Akron later on, the Akabats, in his commentary on the Megillah, he says that the concept of Mishloach Manot is to create that Kiheim Aguda Achas, to demonstrate that the Jewish people are united together as one and that they are Be'ahava and Achva, that they share love amongst each other. And he says, this is the opposite of what Haman suggested when Haman said to Achashverosh, let's get the Jewish people, he said, they are Mefuzar and Wuforad. They don't give a hoot about each other. They're all living in their own little world. They're scattered about. And, and we come on Purim to show exactly the opposite is true. And so we have Mishloch Manot Ishlari Eyu to engender and develop nice feelings amongst each other. So we have two very different schools of thought. We have one school of thought that, that the Mishloach Manot is about making sure everybody has a meal to eat. So it's about providing for those who don't have principally. Another school of thought from Rishonim and Achronim who say to us, no, no, it's not about providing somebody who doesn't have necessarily, and that would be nice too. But Mishloach Manot is about developing good feelings amongst each other, creating a sense of simcha, creating a sense of joy. The Ma'am law is beautifully pulls together all of the different reasons for Mishloach Manot. And in his words, he says that Mordechai and Esther sought to create things, a situation which would bring simcha, which would bring joy. Shekol Yisrael Yusmechem, that the Jewish people should be happy. And in order for us all to be happy, they instituted that everybody should give gifts to each other. Now, Sheimi says, if you know, you have to give gifts, so you're going to have to prepare before. In every Jewish home, and virtually every time in history, regardless of which part of the world you're from, what does a Jewish home look like the night before Purim or the days before Purim? Like a Mishloch Manot factory. Everybody's dining room table at a certain point gets cleared is a part of the house gets put aside and people are preparing Mishloach Manot. And this has been the case since antiquity. Maybe they didn't have cellophane wrapping once upon a time. They used silken ribbons. But they've always been doing this. And it's like a whole thing. What are we doing this year for Mishloach Manot? 
and you're getting ready and you're anticipating. Nobody wakes up the morning of Purim and grabs a banana and an orange on the way out and says, okay, I'm going to throw this at somebody and get my mitzvah fulfilled. So he says, simcha. This is about joy. And he says, the Amloyah says, furthermore, quoting the Ahle Yehuda from Amado, he says, when people give, the greatest joy is from giving others. That's the greatest joy. He says, there's no greater joy than being noble, generous, and giving. And he even goes so far to suggest that the mitzvah of machzat hashekel, which in principle is tzedakah, he said is also about Jewish unity. And we know that the machzat hashekel played a key role in counterweighing or counterbalancing Haman's shekels that he sought to pay off the coffers in order to destroy the Jewish people. And so he says, this is exactly the opposite when we're providing for each other by giving gifts and food to each other. And he says, the truth is that in this way they sought to replicate the concept of Yom Tov itself. Because on Yom Tov, people would always send gifts of food. That was common. People would invite guests over and people would bring food over. And he says, you find this in Mesechet Be'ah on page 14. Be'shamah says, Eim Yom Tov, you now let us send gifts on Yom Tov. Ela manot, portions of food. And he says, it does seem that the primary effort of portions of food is to make sure that everybody has what to eat. And he proves this from a Pasuk in Nehemiah that speaks about Rosh Hashanah. And he says, the Pasuk says that even on Rosh Hashanah, a day of judgment, we should be eating and drinking and rejoicing and celebrating, which is counterintuitive. And as the Torah says, that's to show that we have full faith that Hashem will judge us well. Nobody whose fate's going to be decided the next day or that the day later on in court has a celebration the night before. You're eating your kishkas out. You're nervous. So here we show perfect faith in Hashem. We're getting judged tomorrow. It's going to be great. But he says the Pasuk is Ichlu Mashmanim. Eat rich, luxurious foods. Shesumam Takim. Drink things which are sweet and pleasing. Manot Le'ein Nachonlo. Send gifts and portions to those who might not have. And he says this is the origin of the concept of Mishloach Manot. So he, kinds of, he kind of introduces both ideas. And then he goes on to say that, that uh, it may have something to do with the fact that there was a meal in the time Esther had two meals through which she eventually carried out her plans and knocked Haman down. He said that's why it's two kinds of food. It alludes to two meals. And he says this is also connected to the idea of, of, of making sure that everybody should have because at the time of Purim there were many people who were suffering and didn't have time to prepare food for themselves. And he says, therefore, the food should be appropriate food. It should be in accordance with who you are and who that person is. And, and the more you do it, the nicer it is. But he says, if you don't have, you can simply exchange your meals. Here's my point. The Ma'am Lois pulls together both schools of thought and he kind of, he kind of, kind of uh, braids them. He creates the seamless tapestry of both schools of thought. And what are we left with now? Let's think about this. What is the point or purpose of Bishloach Manot? Typically, when we do a mitzvah, whether you understand the value of the mitzvah or not, the important thing was to do the mitzvah. If you understand that matzah fortifies your faith, and if it reminded you that you come from people who are ready to leave their homes behind without so much as a sandwich in their pocket, or not, that we left in haste with dough on our backs, or not, that we were worried about the dough not rising and we cherished our first mitzvah, or you don't think about those things, if you eat a kezayat of matzah on the night of Pesach, you have fulfilled your mitzvah in its entirety. However, if all you did on Purim was throw somebody an M&M and a half a cookie, maybe you didn't fulfill your mitzvah. 
unless that other person happens to be starving. In other words, it's not about simply doing the technicality of it. When it comes to Mishloach Manot, what are we seeking? We're seeking to create fellowship and good feelings amongst each other. Ensuring that everybody has what to eat. Ensuring that everybody can celebrate and rejoice. Ensuring that Purim will be a day of Mishta V'Simcha. Here's something very interesting. I can find that book. One second. The Chatam Sofer introduces this argument of whether or not you fulfill the mitzvah of Mishloach Manot if the person refuses to receive the gift. And he says, there's a machlaikas here between the Brichadash and the between the Ramah. And he says, if the mitzvah of Mishloach Manot is that I should make sure that somebody else has Su'udat Purim and the person refused to take Su'udat Purim, I didn't fulfill the mitzvah. But he says, if the mitzvah is that I should reach out to somebody else and show that I'm demonstrating my friendship, if they decided not to take it, they still feel good. I can say no to a gift and still feel, it's nice somebody thought of me. Say, oh, I don't want a gift. I prefer, I, I'm not one of those persons, I, I follow the Sayyidina Matanis Yechia. I want to take gifts. Still nice to be thought of. Still nice to be able to refuse a gift. And the Khatam Sofer says that this could, it could be possible that a person who doesn't even have his own table might would then be exempt even from sending a meal to somebody else. Because if it's about just making sure somebody else has what to eat, I don't need to have what to eat myself. I'm myself a guest at somebody else's table. But he says, if it's about nurturing and currying these good feelings, so then in that case, the important thing is that I should be reaching out to somebody else. Which, of course, helps us understand the possibility of somebody sending Mishloach Manot before Purim, this person receives the Mishloach Manot on Purim, and the Paschim say, you get the mitzvah. And the question is, one second, he didn't do a mitzvah. The mitzvah has to be done on Purim. If he didn't do the mitzvah on Purim, what's the difference if that person got the Mishloach Manot? Do you know that the halacha says that even if you send it to somebody who's not Jewish, you still fulfill the mitzvah? If you send something, overnight delivery, DHL, and they knock on the door, and you know for a fact that they received the Mishloach Manot, do you know you received the mitzvah? But that person is not a shliach. That person can't be an agent. That person is not even capable of representing me or doing the mitzvah on my behalf. And I did the mitzvah yesterday. What's the answer? The answer is it's not about my giving. It's about my demonstrating to somebody that I care about them. It's about creating good feelings on Purim. And this leads us into another very interesting thing. In the Pasuk it says, Mishloach Manot. The word Mishloach means to send. What does Mishloach sound like? A Hebrew word we're very familiar with, certainly shliach. in Chabad. Shliach. So there's this business that it's preferable to send the Mishloach Manot with somebody else. And this flies in the face of Jewish law that emphasizes the importance of doing it yourself. Famously, the Gemara in Kedushan tells us, Mitzvah bo yoter mi bishlucho. It's more important for you to do a mitzvah than to get somebody else to do a mitzvah. So if it's more important for me to do the mitzvah myself, and the Gemara in Kedushan goes on to list a whole bunch of great sages who are very busy people who made sure to come home on Friday afternoon and help prepare food for Shabbat because they should do the mitzvah themselves. Why would we seek to get somebody else to bring the Mishloach Manot? We should be doing it ourselves. The answer is extra joy. And that's why you don't have to use somebody who's a major. You can use a minor. A katan, a child, 
cannot be a shliach. You have to have your own mind. You have to know what you're doing to commit yourself to serve as somebody else's agent, to be their power of attorney. And yet, when it comes to Mishloach Manot, the custom amongst the Jewish people is we like to send it through children. children. Rebbe Levi Yitzchak writes in his Sefer Kedusha Slevi that he remembers his father sending him as a child with the Mishloach Manot. Why? Because there's another interesting minhag. When the children bring Mishloach Manot, people who get the Mishloach Manot, what do they usually give them? They give them Mishloach Manot money. How do the kids feel about that? They get really happy. So the kids get extra money, or sometimes kids get a candy, or a cookie, or something special. When they come along, and dressed up in their costume, people say, oh, who is the Mishloach Manot from? And you give the kid back, and the child or the messenger is supposed to get something too. So in this way, we involve more people, and we create more joy. Which means that Mishloach Manot is a radically different mitzvah than every other mitzvah, where every other mitzvah we emphasize the action taken. And here we're emphasizing the impact made. And that's why it says Mishloach Manot. That doesn't mean you can't do the Mishloach Manot yourself. If anything that, many people ask the question, if you can't do it yourself, how could your shliach do it for you? A shliach, an agent, merely is representing you. Shlucho shal adam kemoto. Your shliach is like you. But if you couldn't do it, then how could your shliach do it? How could you empower to do something you couldn't do? What's the answer? It's not really a shliach. It's about creating cohesion, togetherness, community, unison, oneness, joy to be shared by all. That's the point of Purim. There's one more book I'm looking for. I hear this. So the Rebbe talks about two interesting things with regard to Purim. He says, we see that there's an emphasis on trying to involve children as much as possible. In fact, he says there's this business of trying to involve children even the moment they come to Chinuch. Small child. Even if it doesn't fully understand. If you can engage the child, that's a good thing to do. Why would we emphasize that? If, the biz- if it's about me giving and I, me giving something appropriate, I have to spend money. What's the difference of, of bringing the child in, in between? So, and, and furthermore, the Rebbe says the halacha is that a child should give mishloach manot also. Even small children should give mishloach manot. But they're not obligated in another mitzvah. We don't make them eat a kazayat of matzah. They don't have to fast on Yom Kippur. They're not putting on tefillin. Why is it so important to make sure that the child gives mishloach manot? Small children are not necessarily going to make it through the home Megillah. It's, it, in fact, the little child who's listened to the entire Megillah has not yet been born. And the Shulchan Aruch even says, don't bring little children to Shul. Because then, not only will the child not hear the Megillah, but all those around the child won't hear the Megillah either. So, one second. The child shouldn't hear the Megillah, but you make sure the child gives Mishloch Manot. What's the answer? The answer is, this is not about a technicality of a mitzvah. This mitzvah has a theme to it. And the theme of this mitzvah is good feelings. Who else should be involved if not children? It's the children's own mishloch manot. It's not, they're yeah. not shliach. No, the children should give their own mishloch manot also. They can be a shliach. But the children, with an emphasis on children themselves giving to their own peers. Why? Because the cohesion and the unison and the joy is something universal. And the Rebbe points out, furthermore, that the, there's a, the sheer, the amount, every mitzvah has a sheer, has, a, has an amount. The amount of this mitzvah is not a kezayis, it's not a kezayis, it's not something that fits in the entire rubric of Torah law that deals with food. Nothing has the necessity of a money. 
Everything has like a serving, a certain amount that has to be eaten, a certain amount of money. Here it's not about money. Here it's not about a certain volume. Here it's about something that could be seen as an appropriate portion. Because here it's not about fulfilling a technicality. The purpose of Mishloach Hanot is specifically to create and engender these beautiful feelings. And now that we understand the meaning of Mishloach Manot, it makes perfect sense that Mishloach Manot doesn't need um, to be in the Mishnah by itself. The point of Mishloach Manot, it's actually, it's part of the meal on one hand. On the other hand, it's similar to Matanot Levyonim. On the other hand, it's like neither. It's about Yemei Mishteva Simcha. It doesn't fit into a specific frame. It's a broad expression of the joy that we feel on Purim. It's natural that the Rambam doesn't include it on, in, a, in, a, in a halacha by itself because the Rambam's shita, his opinion clearly is that the mitzvah of Mishloach Manot is an add-on, an appendage, an, in, an inclusion as part of the Suda. And it pre, seems pretty clear that the Shohan Aruch feels like that too. However, we have the Ritva and the Manus Alevi and others who maintain that we have this concept of joy. And really, as the, in the way that the Ma'am Loa puts it, puts it to us, all of these are not mutually exclusive. Even though the Khatam Sofa wants to make a division between the two, and there may be halachic differences which school of thought we, we, we follow, the bottom line is that the purpose of Mishloach Manot was always to create a sense of community, of happiness, of joy, and good feelings amongst B'nai B'not Yisrael. In the light of this, it makes perfect sense that people use cellophane and ribbons and silk and all kinds of ways to beautify this because this is about making a gift that feels good to give and a gift that feels good to get. And when Bnei Yisrael exchange gifts and gifts which can be used in a very real practical way and people give and people receive, what's created is Yimei Mishta Simcha, days of rejoicing, days of happiness. And this, my dear friends, is the essence of the mitzvah of Mishloach Manot and the many beautiful menhagim, the customs that come along with its fulfillment.